How do you build a personal brand on LinkedIn? In this episode, I share my personal brand building secrets. Plus, is TikTok about to fail? All that and a whole lot more in this episode of Inbound Buzz. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing. Brought to you by redpandas.com.au. Now for your host and co-founder of Red Pandas, Moby Sadiq. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, episode 132. My name is Tony Cow, and I'm joined by Moby Sadiq. How are you going today, Mobes? Good, Mr. Tony. Good to be here. So, uh, I see that Bali MMA, what's what's that about? Uh, you know, you, you go to a place, you buy the t-shirt. <laughs> you were rolling? <laughs> so, huh? you can... Training? Yeah, I did, I did jiu-jitsu there. That's the same place I was talking about last time where I fell into a ditch uh, on my scooter, if you remember. What's this about, please? I shared this last episode With- where, where in Bali when it floods and it rains, you can't tell where the road ends and the open ditch starts. Yeah. So I thought I'd be smart and overtake some people. I got too confident and I crashed into a ditch. So, um, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine, man. I'm fine. Just my ego's a bit bruised, but I'm okay. <laughs> what do we got today, man? What's first for our news buzz? Um, GA4 auto migration. Here's why you should opt out. So if you don't know, if anyone has, you know, uh, GA4, they've set it up or they haven't and they were still working on Universal Analytics, you might have got an alert from Google about a GA4 auto migration where, you know, Google, GA4 does everything for you or migrate everything. But just be careful because, you know, Google might migrate a lot of the stuff on your old, um, you know, universal analytics to the new GA4 that you might not want. You know, for example, Google signals, um, audiences, remarketing, you just got to be concerned what you're bringing over to the new platform. Users, you know, user access. I know there's a lot of people probably that haven't done a you know, a cleanup. So you might be given access to people that maybe no longer work in the company or maybe you know, no longer um, you need the access. Just uh, be careful, data, you know, breach privacy, legal's in a lot more worse. But also conversions. Um, you know, what we were measuring back then in Universal Analytics has also changed. So make sure you do your conversion tracking, uh, tracking optimization, events, everything. Get that right before you move it onto the new platform. So, you know, right. because like Google, uh, GA4, you have to link it with Google Ads. And you're presenting the wrong conversions, it's going to misfire, mistarget on Google right. Ads. So you could migrate old problems into a new thing, even though Google Ads now connects differently to GA4. Yeah. So just be careful and mindful of how you migrate yeah. over. Not, not the most... Uh, you know, exciting information, but just be careful. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I guess if you know what you're doing, go ahead. If you have an agency, make sure you run it by them. But you're saying don't just, yeah, automatic switch over. That's what essentially the takeaway. Exactly. Have, cool. have a bit more control. Moving on. YouTube YouTubers share results of first month of shorts uh, monetization. So, I mean, YouTube Shorts currently came up with a new program called the YouTube Shorts Revenue Share Program. Um, we have about that on the show. Yeah, we have a influencer on YouTube that apparently um, generated 196 million views and made three thousand dollars. Is that is that good, Mobes? Because you're yeah. an influencer. No, no, I'm not an influencer. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but you know, you talk about uh, this is Zach King, right? So everyone, you know, some of you guys might have seen Zach King. He does those visual illusion type of videos, and he actually said it. It's actually like this note we have here. It was two times better than TikTok and IG. So it's actually not, you've got YouTube monetization, the normal program. This is in addition to that. So what Zach King was saying, it is, yeah, it's low, right? He got 200 million views. 
to get $3,000, which is not game-changing money for anyone, but it's an additional stream on top. And he sees it more as a brand building stream. Mm -hmm. And the point is, it's like one of those things, Instagram and TikTok pay so little and it's so crap that it's two times more than that, but it's just two times more than crap. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, but think about this, the influencers don't make the money. That's not where they make money from, like the TikTok influencers and the IG influencers. They make money from sponsorships and deals and as brand ambassadors. They don't rely on this for their income. Interesting. So, but yeah, it's good to see, you know what, it's the first month. It's good to see YouTube stuck to their word and it's good just to see more competition out there. Absolutely. And like, I think this is a sign, Mobs, that like for brands and businesses to jump on YouTube shorts to get their brands out there because it's another form of attention and, you know, people on it, right? And that's what we want. Well, speaking of, uh, speaking of getting off other channels and diversifying, in the next news buzz, US TikTok ban moves a step closer with Biden given approval to rule on the app. So this is something that the American government has been trying to shut down since 2020. And it's so apparently the US Senate still has to give sign off before a ban can be implemented, but it's another step forward. Like he signed off approval to make a ruling on the app. So it's one of those things like we're talking about this earlier. I'm like, you joke about an influencer. I'm only an influencer on TikTok. Like that's the only one where I have like 35,000 followers, right? If I put all my eggs in that basket and TikTok goes down, then what happens Mm. to my following? This is the thing. History always repeats itself. Vine uh, creators complained when Vine got taken down, Facebook creators, Instagram when they changed their algorithm. Mm. So if you haven't learned before, you're going to learn now, right? You need to diversify. So that's why all of our TikToks, all of our shorts that are from this show, we actually cut up and we put on YouTube shorts as well. And it's building slowly a bit of a following. It's diversifying more content. Interesting. That's, That's good insight. Um, LinkedIn adds new visual display elements on user profile scheduling tools for newsletter. What's this about? So there's a couple of things here. Now, this one, it seems kind of boring, but I was actually really excited by this. So if on your app, if you open up your LinkedIn mobile app and you go to anyone's profile and you go on activity, you can see things that they've commented. I do this all the time, right? Things that they've commented and also their own posts and articles. And there might be one or two other things. But now in this screenshot I'm looking at, and I think it's a beta because we don't have it in Australia yet, you, they'll actually, they're actually going to add videos and images as well. Now, I might be reading between the lines here but and kind of drawing a long bow, but LinkedIn, t- and this is great because we're going to be talking about this later today, LinkedIn historically has not optimized for videos. It's the only social network that actually either you have a nil benefit or if anything, negative benefit. And I'm not, I'm not the only one. I've spoken to people like Marcus Sheridan, spoken to a lot of much, much bigger creators than me. And we all agree that when you put videos on LinkedIn, it's either nil benefit or negative benefit. Mm-hmm. So the fact that now, again, I might be drawing a long bow, but the fact that now they're going to have a section where you can go on someone's profile and see videos and videos is definitely first after post and images could be a sign that times are changing. That's interesting, right? Because you you think that videos will grab more attention and put people on the platform longer. But they push. Look, you know, Microsoft is like your old grandpa. <laughs> like he resists, he resists, he resists. Then eventually he gets onto DVDs when everyone's on Blu-ray. He gets on Blu-ray when everyone's on streaming. And he gets onto streaming when everyone's moved on to the next thing. So that's what Microsoft is like. Microsoft owns LinkedIn. It's <laughs> Maybe they're finally coming on, right? They're finally, they're, they're, they're slow to the party, but they're here now. The other thing that this talks about, it's funny, like LinkedIn pushes its own things. And one of the big things it's been pushing, and I've seen more and more 
brands do this rather than personal is newsletters. So this was a really interesting stat. Like newsletter creation in the LinkedIn app hmm. was up 10x last year. 10x, 10 times more newsletters were created on LinkedIn last year. Now, I'm going to withhold my judgment for now because I know that my own bias does not represent the market. But I don't have room in my head for another place to subscribe to newsletters. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I've got newsletters, then I've got my TikTok and I've got, now I have to go to newsletters on LinkedIn. Like I subscribe to some newsletters that also have newsletters on LinkedIn and I personally just ignore them because mm. too much noise for me. So they're saying creation of newsletters has gone up 10x, but it doesn't mean that consumption has gone up 10x as well. So I don't know, the jury's out. Let's see what happens there, but they're definitely pushing newsletters right now. Please LinkedIn, give us engagement rates, right? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, so our next segment, Featured Buzz. My personal LinkedIn brand building strategy. More LinkedIn, I love this. Yeah, so today's you know, LinkedIn, if you haven't already guessed it by the title and by the intro, but here I wanted to talk about my personal LinkedIn brand building strategy. So I, I, kind, of, I kind of am really keen on sharing this one because often you follow influencers and they talk about big numbers and I landed $500 million and I made X amount of money. I haven't made anything near that, right? But I've been consistent. Like the numbers that I get are more attainable for the average person, right? So I put it, actually what inspired this, and I'll be sharing my screen for a lot of this one. Um, I put out a post, uh, I think it was last week and I'm going to find it here. Let me read it out. Um, yeah, so uh, I said, if you spent more than a dollar on LinkedIn advertising, but you can't see the ROI on posting on LinkedIn, I'm about to blow your mind. So these are the metrics that I was talking about in my, uh, my post where I actually have three simple numbers I look at and it's just a consistency game. I post uh, three times per week, right? Fail. For the last 18 months, maybe 15 months or so, I post three times per week, right? Mm. 10 likes per post. So it's one of those things, I'm not doing a report and pulling a whatever, but I like to aim for 10 likes per, uh, sorry, 10 likes per post. And the reason for that is, if I put a post out and only gets two or three, and I still get posts that get two or three, I get posts that get nothing, that tells me, ooh, okay, I just need to be mindful of that topic or the way I did that. And it's more of a feel. It's not, mm. a, it's not a quantitative thing. It's more of a feel. I'm like, oh, okay, let me stay, stay, away, stay away from that. So 10 likes. Now, I've had posts last year that have 500, 600 likes, right? But 10 likes is kind of my base. If I get 10 likes, cool, awesome. Mm. And then 500 impressions per post. Now, if I get 10 likes, I generally will get the 500 impressions. Now, why do I do that? Because if you, that doesn't sound like a lot. It doesn't sound like mm. game-changing stuff. If you average that out, that's 150 posts per year. That's 1,500 likes and that's 75,000 impressions. Damn. So the point I'm trying to make here is if you spent more than a buck on advertising mm. and you don't believe in LinkedIn, yeah, maybe your industry is a little bit different, right? Maybe it's a pure, pure FMCG or whatever. Then uh, you don't understand LinkedIn. And the reason why I want to talk about this is our biggest, and I won't say their, their name on this, the show, but our biggest client that we ever landed was from my LinkedIn strategy, from my LinkedIn posting. So I can probably attribute, and this is complete transparency, complete honesty. I'm not here. Like we made 50 grand last year. No, we didn't make that, right? But definitely two, maybe three clients for sure I know came from this. And it's funny that we're doing this today, Tony, because when we were planning for the show, I showed you a text message yeah. from someone who I worked with three or four years ago. And she literally said, Moby, I loved your post today. It was really inspiring. Uh, by the way, my my partner, he's uh, starting this business and I'd love if you could you know, speak to him. Right? He's going he's gonna to connect with you. The post I did today, and I'm going to talk about you know, the different buckets of content, had nothing to do 
with what he's reaching out for me. It was like a, it was a heart post. I call it a heart post. It was yeah. about um, assuming positive intent and workplace culture. So yeah, this this stuff works. So you're basically on top of mind in the mind real state of people. It works. 100%. So once they are interested, so once they are ready for my stuff, they are going to think of me, mm. right? Like if once they're ready to purchase my, my thing or whatever I'm an expert in, they're going to think of me. And it, it's interesting too, like, you know, I, I, one of my favorite phrases this year has been short-term easy is long-term hard. Mm. Short-term hard is long-term easy. Love that. So applying to this, short-term hard, yeah, it's hard to get into the habit. It's hard to do three times a week. It's hard to come up with ideas. But because I've been doing it so easily now, I've got this muscle like, you know, I try to read a couple of books per month. I just see content now. Like I'll read, I'll read 10 pages and I'll be like, oh my God, there's two post ideas here. I pull out my OneNote on my phone and I just put a one line. Like this is the topic. Moby has a lot. <laughs> he just I'll showed sh- me. I'll show you. <laughs> I've, got, I've got like three months worth of content. Yeah. Now I'm not creating the post then because it's too time consuming, but it's like pinning it to the cloud, right? So the one I put up today about positive intent, we were talking about it in a meeting and I, and I love that mantra. Mm-hmm. And I just put in my notes, assume positive intent post. Then, then what I do is I have a routine now. So either I'm doing scheduling out all my posts for the week on mm. one day, or I'll be like, okay, cool. I usually do it in the morning, like seven o'clock in the morning. Look at my OneNote. What am I feeling? Yeah, that one I'm not really digging right now. That one, and then I'll spend 15 minutes, sometimes less, sometimes a bit more, and I'll craft that post. Mm. But I like to use the scheduling feature. So that's my honest, brutal, bare strategy. It's yeah. very simple. It's numbers driven. It is rules driven. Three posts per week. That's my aim and, and that's what I do and it works for me. So like, let's say I want to start doing this. Like, like, do you have to stick in your niche? Like, what's the do's and what's the don'ts? That's what I'm confused about. You know? Yeah, good question. So the niche one, it's it's interesting you said that. Um, I've got like the people who I've connected to and I don't know them well enough to reach out to them and say and grab them by <laughs> the neck and like stop doing this stuff. Like one of the biggest don'ts is stop talking about one thing, okay. right? If you are, uh, let me think of an example who I definitely know I'm not connected with. Let me change the example I'm thinking of. Say you sell gardening tools, mm. right? Stop always talking about gardening tools. Or stop, even you might think, okay, let me be helpful, right? Because uh, no one does it on, on purpose. You know, this is a gardening tool or we help this client or this thing, this thing. People don't care about that. You know, the biggest secret is the most obvious secret. In, in social media, the biggest secret is the most obvious. It's in the name. Be social. Hmm. You don't go to a wedding party. You don't sit on a wedding table and be like, talk about how you're so good at digital marketing. <laughs> no one wants to hear that. They want to hear about how your boss was a prick and how you got the courage to tell him to, you know what, or, you know, leave and whatever. And then you went somewhere else and now you're loving your life and now you feel more motivated and inspired. Why do we like that? Because it's relatable. Hmm. And that's the thing I want people to take away from today. Relatable content. Relatable content isn't, but if you follow that rule, relatable content, there is no way you're going to be talking about the same thing all the time. No freaking way. Mm. If you're a gardening tool company, you're a CEO of a gardening tool company, you're, I wish I picked something that I actually know, <laughs> right? Because I don't have shearers, <laughs> cutters. Like, I'm not a handyman. You, you guys have guessed, right? I'm not a handyman. But if you're always talking about that, that's not relatable. Mm. But if you're talking about relatable content, like, you know what? Today was a tough day. We had to let our team go. Or today was a tough day and I had to admit I was wrong. You know, like relatable stuff, like the heart content. So I would say now that that actually is a good segue to one of my my do's, right? 
one of my do's of social media is have content buckets. So I'm going to share my screen. So if you guys are listening, then great, just listen along. But if you have access to a computer, uh, head to Red Pandas. What, what's the episode today? Are episode on? 132. 132. Okay. Redpandas.com.au forward slash EP132. And you can look at my screen. So I talk about the types of content. So this goes back to your question around should you niche? The first type of content is utility content. So utility is like some sort of advice. Now, this one isn't that difficult for people to think about. I think people know about this. But like, for example, I'm sharing a post by Liz Ryan. She's the founder and CEO of Human Workplace. And she's got a post is create reinvention in your future. Um, it can be scary. Here are some tips, whatever, right? So you're an expert and you're giving people utility and advice. The next one's case studies. So this actually... Uh, I pulled this presentation out of some LinkedIn training we did for a corporate client of ours, but I was talking about case studies, like things, and it's not just here's a case study, but stories, experiences. I speak to a lot of students and they talk about what I talk about. It's like, hey, share your experience. That's mm. also a case study. This is my favorite one, and I think this is the one people don't do enough. And that's, I spoke about this before heart content. Okay. So, funnily enough, the post I put today was about assuming positive intent. And I, I want to share my screen too and just show like the post that the kind of diversity post that I do was about assuming positive intent, about culture. I got a message today about a marketing contract oh, nice. or a marketing deal, you know, um, two different things. But the thing is that it's like, it's like being relatable. Like it's like going at a party and, you know, liking someone and, you know, saying, oh, hey, what do you do by the way? Oh, you're a graphic designer. Hey, by the way, you know what? We could actually use you. Hmm. But you have to like them first. Sure. You know what I mean? You're not going to, go with someone who's just flogging their own crap, right? Sure. So the internal wins and heart content. So for us, that might look like uh, a win by a team member, uh, something that we achieve together. Heart content, I'm sharing my screen here, is when we had the bushfires, you know, a few years ago, you know, Red Panda sponsored a koala. And I don't like, I actually don't like promoting stuff that, and a lot. Of, I know a lot of people like this, you know, if you're listening like it, that's me. I don't like promoting when we've donated or done something charitable because you don't do it for that reason. But the way I think about it is if you bring light to a cause, then that's 100%. a good solution, right? So, yeah. So, so far we said utility content, case studies, internal wins, heart content, and industry address or advice, you know? So, for example, one of the things that works really good on LinkedIn is controversial to topics, right? Mm. So, you know, you'll see stuff like salespeople, stop doing this thing immediately. Yeah. Right? So, that's an example of an industry address or an advice. If you're a CEO, you're a particular field, say you're in solar power, you can talk about stuff that's happening in your industry. You should. If you say you're an expert, you're a thought leader, you have a voice and you should be using that voice. Mm. But that's my kind of long-winded way of saying, look, you know, focus on content buckets. So it's not niching and that always grinds my gears when, mm. you know, a photography business or like, uh, like a whatever business, all they talk about is their shit. Like, don't do that. But at the same time, don't just do everything. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, wait, so just one last question. Do you have to position yourself as an expert or it doesn't have to be? Yeah, I've spoken about this a lot. Mm. I, like um, a lot of the TikToks that I did for LinkedIn, you know, I spoke about this. It's really about relatability. Yeah, okay. Like there's too many experts out there. Like no one cares that we don't need more experts. Like really, right? It's more about relatable. This is what we tried. This is what worked for us. I think the expert thing is a byproduct of doing it long enough. You know, so... I'm probably, I've done so much heart content, so much leadership content. I do not claim to be a leadership expert and I will never claim to be a leadership expert. But 
in the mind of some people, they might see me that way because I keep posting about that stuff. Mm. So my relatability has turned into expertise. Interesting. So, yeah. Okay. Um, what about repurposing the content? Yeah, good point. So this falls into my don'ts category. Now, uh, so obviously one will stop talking about the same salesy stuff all the time. Unfortunately, don't share links and don't share posts. Why? Don't reshare posts. For whatever reason is when, when you share links, almost any platform, the platform doesn't want you to leave the platform. Oh. And we, we, we shared this last year. I don't know if it's still yeah. relevant, but we were talking about the fact that don't put a link in a post. Yeah. Um, you'll probably get downrated or downsampled for it. Shadow ban? <laughs> shadow ban. There's been some experiments people have done where they posted a link one hour after, which yeah. I've been experimenting with, which I kind of like. Um, so, if you put out a post and you put a link in the comments maybe an hour or two after, but don't share links. Like, here's a blog post, right? So, that's the other don't. Don't just like that's not repurposing. If you're if you're doing a blog post, it's not repurposing to share that blog post. Hey guys, go and leave LinkedIn. Go onto a website that's gonna take three seconds, four seconds to load. Scroll down and read my shit. No mm. one's interested in that. Mm. Repurpose that. True repurposing is you take that blog post, you turn it into carousels or slides. That's a format that's working really well right now, mm. right? So uh, what else? What else shouldn't you do? Um, now this one. It's, it's don't reshare posts, right? Okay. And I, I'm just being honest. I'm just being like honest, right? Like people will reshare my posts and that's really sweet and I really, I'm so grateful. But LinkedIn doesn't and try this. I'm sure now that I'm saying this, people are thinking about it, it's happened. When you reshare someone else's post, LinkedIn doesn't give you that much weight or distribution. And for whatever reason, people don't really like to resonate with a reshared post for whatever reason. That's been my experience. Right. All these rules can be broken, but these are the norm, not the exceptions, what I'm talking about. Interesting. Yeah. We don't reshare. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. Contrary, like, yeah, controversy, right? Yeah. I guess so. it's, it's kind of like, I hate to say it, but it's just true. That, like, it's just been my experience. When you reshare, you know, it, it, LinkedIn doesn't like it. Um, some of the other do's whilst we're on this topic. So, we said definitely have content buckets. Have varying formats. So, I spoke about slides, like using the carousels. Mm. The other thing, and this is something I learned from other influencers, is LinkedIn loves selfies. They love selfies, right? If you post, the biggest problem I find is people don't want to be vulnerable. When they start, they're like, here's a link, here's a post, right? Here's something that I learned. But people want social, like they want relatability. They want to hear about your story, your problems, your challenges, the positive spin on them. Positivity is the other thing as well. So that drives people away from sharing a photo of themselves. One of the first photos that I shared was a photo of me and my family in our jiu-jitsu uniforms, oh, nice. right? And that just went gangbusters. It just went crazy because it showed people a personal side to me, right? I, and at that point, I wasn't really doing personal stuff, but it showed them a personal side. Oh, this he's got a family, you know, like his kids, you know, whatever, like, and they really like that. So, um, selfies is a good little hack. Don't, again, you don't do just one thing all the time. I might get targeted. You, you seen the jokes? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's, I know it's, up, it's up to you whether you want to share that, but it's, yeah, we, Tony's starting to get some uh, fans. Comments. Or, but you know what? I said this to you before. Like, when you start getting haters, no, that's when you know you've made it. <laughs> it's like, mama, I made it. I got trolls now. I got trolls, right? Uh, so, photos, slides, uh, obviously written posts are still the number one thing. Mm. like written posts but like we were saying in the news buzz earlier i really hope videos start taking off 
but right now, you know, it's it's not a case. You told me one thing as well, Mobs. You tested like um, your own content and GP and Chat GPT, and you noticed like your own original content was just much better. Yeah, yeah, and we've done some um, shows on Chat GPT, and we've actually got a. And we'll share it. We'll share it in the show notes. Actually, um, we've created a Notion for free. Like, so Notion is just a, a resource where you have links and stuff. Where we shared, I think, twenty of our best Chat GPT prompts. And uh, there's no gate. You can just go on, you know, the show notes. You can grab it for free. Uh, but um, one of those is actually creating LinkedIn posts, which to be honest with you, most of the time when I've used ChatGPT for my LinkedIn post, it hasn't, it hasn't really worked um, most of the time. Now, I will say, I will say one time I was a little bit cheeky. On this is a very transparent, honest show. I found a post by an influencer, like a big, big influencer. And I said, Chat GPT, rewrite this post <laughs> to make it look, to make it look, <laughs> Natasha's laughing in the background, to make it look non plagiarized and unique. Yeah. And it gave me that post in that format, in that whatever. And I'm like, oh my God, this is pretty good. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I used it. I only did this once and I did rewrite it a little bit. I didn't feel bad because it's a massive influence. It's like Gary V level influencer. And I changed it enough to, because man, there's no such thing as new ideas. You know, as humans, we are creativity feeders. We're creativity funnels. Like how, and that's why I always advocate reading and consuming, right? Because there are no new ideas. We take bits of ideas in the funnel in our creativity and we spit out our new variations. Yeah. So that's probably justifying stealing some posts. <laughs> but Swat. I've had very limited success at the moment with ChatGTP and LinkedIn. Love that. Um. Anything else you want to add? That's to- all. I know. Sorry for going uh, a little bit over there, but um, let's move on to one of our favorite segments of the show. Can we fix it? Moby and Tony, can they fix it? Moby and Tony, yes, they can. All right. So, what are we looking at today on Can We Fix It? Um, a website called golf space um so you can go check it out www.golfspace.com.au and if you yeah you drive Sonny. Yeah, okay yeah. cool fantastic thanks man so looking at the website um you know i'm not a golf uh, fan and i don't think you are too much right like you, do you know anything about golf or no nothing okay nothing so let's just uh, first glance at this website um just looking at it for my story brand uh you know point of view and framework i don't quite understand the message and that's like me coming from my non-golfing uh, background and let's say if someone like me that was interested in applying I, I just don't know what this is about like like you said most is this about software is this about like coaching is this about going to play golf or like what is this about we, we don't really know yeah so i did so um you brought this to uh can we fix it today and you're like that's what we're going to talk about and when i first saw it because that was the first time today i knew about this brand i know someone in the team has has worked with them in the past but i had never worked with them at all Mm. and yeah i didn't know what they do like i just couldn't tell what they do so the if you if you're not um following along on the video the headline is the the space that golf's been missing i couldn't tell what they do like is this uh like uh do they sell golf stuff Mm. is it golf coaching i thought maybe i thought maybe for sure it's golf coaching right like Mm. the golf coaches teach you how to do stuff um and then i did see some visuals yeah there's some there's like a a track and i guess and there's there's golf happening there maybe it's golf uh but i really couldn't tell what they do and that's a problem because yeah i don't know shit about golf 
But no one else can tell what you do by the space that golf's been missing. Mm. We don't know what that means. Absolutely. And I think like on that topic, when we scroll down, it was a nice message that we did understand, didn't we, Mo? Yeah, I think it was. And we're doing this live with you guys, right? So I think if we go to our space. So, okay, let's not just be critical. Let's actually say what would be what we would do to it. But there was a line here. Yeah. All right. So on another page, if you actually go into it, it, t- it has this really nice line. Practice like the pros with 12 TrackMan 4 Golf Simulator Bays. That's not perfect. It needs tweaking. But imagine this as the title instead of the one I just said that I've already forgotten. Practice like the pros with our Golf Simulator Bays. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense right? to me. Okay, oh, okay, awesome. It's not software. I'm going to be practicing and you've got Golf Simulation there and you've got Bays there. Cool. Now, that's just off the top of our head, right? That's just kind of, it could mm. be finessed and tweaked and you need to do StoryBrand properly to get it. But... That's the point you're trying yeah. to make. It's actually what problem do you solve? What do you actually do? Fantastic. Now, looking from a design perspective, um, you know, we like to follow and we'll, show, we'll add in the show notes like this, um, the Z line that, you know, for website design. What I noticed- The Z line's where the I follows. Yeah, goes naturally. left, across, down and across. Yep. We'll add in the show notes for, um, to our website. So, we can see the first call to action is on the left. Um, that's a bit weird. I've never really seen that, but it's different. It has a compelling offer. Then we move to the right book now. That's all right. And as you c- come down, it pops up and you've got your book now and you've got the play video. Uh, I guess it's like a soft uh, call to action and this is more of a you know hard call to action. What happens if you play the video? Uh, a video pops up, I believe. Or not. Okay, there we go. Yep. Okay, okay, cool. Did I'm you like curious. that? Music yeah, it's cool. I mean, I, it looks very similar to the video that's in the background, the background video. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, usually what we talk about is having a hard, like you said, hard call to action, maybe a transitional call to action. So, mm. like a softer call to action, like, you know. Um, nice pop-up. Like a download a guide or whatever, like, you know, something where we can still capture their information, download a voucher or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but something that is not a hard call to action. What what I would like to do as well from a conversion rate optimization perspective is maybe try having this free to our intro pass offer at the start and see how much leads or you know uh, whatever conversions you're tracking. I think that would you know something to split test with if you know, from SEO and for paid ads if you know um, that was an option. That's something to look at. Um, scrolling down. There is um, a lot of, you know, like information as we scroll down about what they offer. So, you know. Performance programs, yep. Yeah, they do get specific. Uh, I like that, you know, it gives details. I noticed the sliders as well as we move uh, down. Sometimes I think like we can add content. I don't know, this this is not clickable, but if this could lead to another page about the, you know, content or message and we, you know, what we do in BreadPans is we create content clusters. I think that would work for SEO purposes. Moving down, um, I noticed it was very hard to find um, the blog page. There's only one button that gets you to the blog page. I'm big with um, creating learning centers. Uh, what do you reckon? I think there's two problems here. Um, I spoke about this once on one of our sales episodes where I was talking about in a sales pitch, where in a sales pitch, people do not judge you for the sum of the content you share. They judge you on the average. So that means rather than share three really awesome things, four mediocre things and two crappy things, you think, oh, I've given some... No, no, they're going to judge you on the average. So, just focus on two, three really good things. 
Now, similarly, why am, why am I saying this? It kind of applies to pages too. Like more bloat doesn't actually add, like less is more. Mm. So, so I think this site definitely could benefit from StoryBrand. This doesn't necessarily add to that. But yeah, when you, when you spoke about in the, in the pre-work when we were doing, when you spoke about the blog, I agree so much because man, like, so we had a, we, we had a, a client we worked with, Wimp to Warrior, martial arts um, a brand. And what we said to them is create how-to content right? How to throw a jab, mm. how to do a double leg takedown, how to do a sprawl, right? Like just really functional stuff, right? It's very top of funnel type of content. That's what these guys could do, right? Mm. They could do how-to content on how to hold. So, you know, for someone like me, right? Who wants to impress a big client or got invited to a golf thing, what the hell am I supposed to do? Mm. How to not embarrass yourself with a golf club. Yeah. First golf clubs you should buy. And then start getting really kind of middle of funnel stuff. Like, because what this, this software looks really cool. It looks like it teaches you, you, you swing and it hits somewhere and it actually gives you feedback, mm. right? So it's like, okay, how to use, you know, uh, golf space to better your swing, right? Like actually really kind of getting into the nitty gritty yeah. and giving people value. But spot on, I think video content for these guys video. is absolutely gold. And on top of that, because looking at the vlogs, I think the structure can be a little bit better because it's a bit hard to read on the eye. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think definitely for that, yeah. if, you know, someone visits, like they should check out, we recently redid our uh, blog yeah. pages and our resource center. Please check it out, redpandas.com.au. 100% and then go to the resource center there and you'll see how we categorized our content and try to make it easy to read as well. Um, but yeah, usability, you're right. What else? Um, for my um, advertising perspective, I noticed there was like no social ads, specifically on Facebook and stuff. And I think... With such a compelling offer, like free two-hour intro pass, and let's just go to the landing page. I think you could work, really grab a lot of leads and get a lot of enrollments. So I do um, think there's a really good strategy that we can use. And also looking at it from, you know, like a Google Ads perspective, you know, I looked at organic ranking, search and stuff. There isn't so much search in the industry about that. You know, we're talking four, 500. I mean, yeah, it can be, you know, a lot in some industries, but I think the business and industry needs to generate generate a lot more demand generation and mm. brand awareness. So like with socials and with some channels on Google, that will help mm. to get more searches and more clicks. So that's something to look it's a at. disruptor product, right? It looks like it's an innovative product. And when you have a disruptor product, you have to build generation. Yeah, yeah that, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, there's a lot of things that you, know, you can do with like work functions and stuff that people might not know about that would be so cool to you know, just to try and stuff. Um, yeah, they, they they do they do a decent job. Like in some parts, I saw there was something like, you know, they t so StoryBrand talks about highlighting the problem, and you know, making the problem more visible, mm. you know, almost throwing salt on a wound, but then giving them the solution and the antidote. Mm. So they do talk about it, like going to a golf range and waiting and whacking balls, and you don't get any feedback and da da da. But it's kind of hidden. Yeah. Like it's it's not done in the headlines. It's just hidden in blocks of text that people won't read. Mm. If you don't believe me, uh, if you watch this golf space, go to a bunch of websites and you tell me whether you're reading the the body content. Like look at it for less than a minute, which is the average time people look at a page, mm. and tell me what you absorb. It's probably not the stuff in the blurbs. Yeah, hundred percent. I do like one thing that's one of our points is they have a a contact section you know to book um your classes, classes and stuff. Yeah, like a timetable. Yeah, type I thing. think yeah. that's pretty cool, right? It's just yeah, it's a little really bit cool. different. Um, also with the golf gifts I think you could maybe do something with this 
I know Google Shopping, you can't um, always use info products, you know, in the Google Shopping, so they don't like it. But I think there's ways of getting around it, you know, being a bit more sneaky and tactical, adding like an image page and test it on um, you know, Google Ads. Right. So Google Shopping doesn't always like, they like info. shopping products. They don't like informational yeah. type products. Yeah. But I think we can do something with this and they can offer a lot more. Um, adding an image. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Stuff Interesting. So a little hacks there. Add an image and you can maybe turn it into a Google Shopping campaign. Yeah. I like <laughs> well, that. Okay. Um, things to test. Um, yeah, that's that's about it. You know, um, that's awesome. That's really cool. I love your stuff, golf space. Uh, I don't like the idea of walking around on a golf range, so this <laughs> seems pretty cool as well, <laughs> <laughs> guys. If you got any value, please. Uh, we haven't said this before, but leave a comment in iTunes. Go to iTunes, click on the five stars, leave a comment. Maybe we can balance out some of the the hate that Tony's been. It hasn't been that bad, actually. We're just yeah, playing we're just around. Playing. Yeah, just maybe some of the, the the comments that he's been getting uh, on TikTok. <laughs> more more comments me my way, please. <laughs> 100%. Um, and if you like this, please check it out. Um, and we will join you again for another episode of Inbound Buzz. See ya. Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound, and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit.